1: Severe MMA, Severe MMA, Severe MMA, Severe MMA, The Severe
0: MMA Podcast is finally here. Welcome, welcome everybody, it's episode 260 of The Severe MMA Podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, joined today by the Phineas O'Connell of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonnell. As we talk about a very, very newsworthy... Mad, crazy,
1: weak. <laughs> In the world really, of really, it, really good, really good card as well.
0: Was it a really good card though?
1: Yeah, yeah. I thought so. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, kind of a couple of the fights that I thought might might end up being kind of decisions and not that great ended up being good, and I thought there was a good variety of of, uh, of everything.
0: Yeah, uh, I thought. There's even like
1: several twister attempts in one fight. What more do you want?
0: I didn't see that, to be honest. But there was. I, I thought the middle portion of it, there was a, a lot of decisions there and a, a lot of fights. You know, the-, the Watterson, the Sparza fight, not a great fight. The Nick Verdum fight, pretty bad. Pedestrone, it was alright. It was, it was good. And the top five then, I'm sure we'll get to these later, but like they. All five of us in the, the Severe May picks, we all predicted the winner of these fights uh, the same, and they all won. So. I don't. Know, I was maybe I was just I was extremely negative coming into the card. <laughs> maybe that is biased by no opinion, on
1: it, but like yeah, no, the, the things like you know we got the kind of questions about and and Rosenstruck, who mm-hmm. you know we, yeah, yeah, we got those, those answered. We kind of Calvin qatar won kind of more more um uh, dr- uh, dramatically and emphatically than maybe people thought. Hudo too, even though there was a bit of Dominic Cruz wasn't happy with the mm-hmm. with the ending or whatever. But I thought there was a it was it was, it was it was a really good card. Yeah. I really we, enjoyed the, get, most of the
0: points. We'll get more into the card, I suppose, in uh, in a second. But we like we have to, we can't start the podcast and not talk about the insanity that ensued uh, during the week. So if people have been living under a rock or whatever, maybe they just listen to this podcast and don't watch Ebay or anything. Um, Ronaldo Jacare, Sousa, failed test for uh, COVID-19. So he's positive for COVID-19. The the result was announced after the weigh-in, after the stare-down, so uh, Jacare made weight, he he stared down with Uriah Hall from a good distance, in fairness, he wore gloves and he wore a mask, he did fist bump Dana White with that mask on, he was right up alongside uh, an official at one stage, he was right up alongside uh, Verdum, Uh, they said afterwards that they had you know, put him into isolation, or in, and you know, not in those exact words, maybe, but they'd use the word "isolated," which he obviously clearly wasn't. Um, and from that point, like, you know, we we had discussed this, and we had discussed the safety precautions they were taking, and how you could bring sports back. Um, and you know, we we I think we all kind of wanted the sport to come back, and but only when it's absolutely safe. I think from this second on uh this card was no longer safe there's just like I, it's funny I, I i thought like when this happened i thought all arguments would kind of be over like that it just be it you know but no you know, people just people didn't seem to care they just wanted but, but, their fights no matter what
1: yeah but at what point you know if there's no vaccine or whatever for a year or two years like well, at what point do you have to just say like we, we need to get normality kind of start to restore it again
0: no no, I think you know, uh, but you have to do it with all the safety precautions. Now, we've heard about this. Everyone who argues for this card to happen says we need uh, uh, the UC are taking all the safety precautions absolute and utter bullshit they're not taking all the safety precautions if they were taking all the safety precautions someone wouldn't have been walking around the hotel with COVID-19 what they need to do we've said in this podcast for anyone who's listened to this they need to take more time they like I thought actually their procedures during this week were very good everything they set out was very good um they you know they were getting in disinfecting the hotel they were dis- disinfecting the cage between rounds they were making people wear masks. People were wearing gloves. They told people to social distance. I thought that was all fantastic. They did it really well. Two two huge glaring issues. They didn't do it for long enough. Uh, quite obviously, how did Jack Ray get to the weigh-in and the stare down and walk around the hotel while, uh, you know, while positive and the test didn't come back till afterwards. It's quite plain and obvious. You need people there earlier, so you can test them earlier, test them regularly to make sure they don't have it so that if they do have it, And they test positive for it, they are away, they're isolated before they get near anyone, before they get near fight week, before they get near doing media or anyone. That's what they need to be. They need to be isolated before they get near anyone, have the test there, and then they can come out of that isolation with all the other people who have had the same tests and then go into the same hotel. So that hotel is safe. That hotel was not safe (coughs) at the weekend. I was 100%. And the, yeah, Well, I
1: think well, though, like you, the, the argument will be like, you know, it's not going to be perfect the first time and you learn from your mistakes and the Wednesday show or the, the, the weekend show coming up will be, you know, you know, it's not going to be, this is something that nobody's had to kind of do before, you know, this is a once in a, in a generation thing, hopefully anyway. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, uh, the UFC kind of like they're doing their best, but they'll obviously like make some mistakes and learn and you know, uh, hopefully Jack Ray will and everybody, his coaches and wife and all, will make a full recovery and it won't be too bad. But, uh, you know, when, when you do come back, everybody knew, and I'm sure the UFC and ESPN and everybody involved knew that there was a risk of this happening and a risk of even more people than did test positive, testing positive. So, you know, um, it, it, like they did, I think they definitely will learn from, from little mistakes they made and criticisms that people made of them and do it better in the future will they though because
0: like Dana White at the press conference last night he was asked why Joe Rogan and John Anik and all them were sitting apart and Daniel Cormier and he was basically said like I don't know but, you know why would we even bother the, I think like this, the, I, I was saying there they made two mistakes the timing obviously I think it's clear as day to anyone that they should have been there isolated longer if you want to do this and the second part is the, the social distancing they completely and utterly disregarded it like Dana White was fist bumping every fighter at the wins. he was hugging uh, Michelle Watterson who went on to hug carla esparza after touching greg hardy he touched dominic cruz he touched justin gaethje just everyone like it was just complete and utter disregard for the social distancing like and that's not a tough thing to do right you then i could stand there and if they start fighting okay break them up <clears throat> but if they don't there's absolutely no need to fist bump pe- people there's no need to hug people there's no need to be doing that like absolutely no need you're just flouting these rules that you made like if you want I like I want <clears throat> I think MMA could come back. I think there is a probably a way to do it. But you have to stick to these rules. Like and if you're not sticking to these rules, you're not bringing it back safely. So Dana White by doing that is basically just flouting his own rules and saying he does not care about bringing sports back safely. I think you know we need to get back there. I want to see uh, how uh, the Bundesliga do it. I'm sure they'll be more stringent um than than MMA's and and you know make people do it. But MMA has to do it as well. If the UFC want to come back, like the, the thing about it is, I was thinking about it, like, okay, what's the one uh, thing you can sort of distance? That's the fight, right? It, you know, Jack um, uh, Alexei Olnik and Fabrizio Verdoom are always going to come in contact. They're going to be breeding up against each other. They're big heavyweights. We can't stop that. But what we can stop is the two weeks before that, and completely ensure that they don't come in contact with anyone else who may have it, who may be spreading it. And we can do that by the length of time they do it, right? So we can test them far out before they come even near anyone. Isolate them uh, while those tests come back. Isolate them while the second test come back. Then let them into the hotel together. If they have it, okay, they go and isolate somewhere else and hopefully they'll they'll recover. Um, And then we move on. And the the no uh, touching of anyone, social distance from everyone, stay away from everyone as much as possible. Apart from maybe your one teammate or, or your one trainer or whatever. This is how you do it safely. Like, I don't think anyone just, uh, maybe there is a certain well, amount I think, of people, I think
1: people don't, I think people, I think people don't disagree with that, that you, you should be as safe as possible and follow the rules as, as much as possible. But do you think they are? I, I, I think, like, you know, the, as you mentioned, there, if there's a few things that, like, you know, easy things to, to fix to, to actually just follow the rules or amend the, the rules around COVID 19 safety a little bit, a little bit more. But I think. Yeah, the the way they did it, it seemed like from embedded and from everything that they they did take a lot of uh, they did put a lot of thought into them and take a lot of precautions. But yeah. I'm sure that they will have a team that's like a safety team or whatever that's that, that will make recommendations for the next show. And well, I, I'd hope anyway. And you know, it'd be safer. And like you know, um, I just think yeah, there's the argument going around that like you know we need to get sports back for like mental health and people's morale and stuff mm-hmm. like that at home. I think, like you know, uh, that's actually kind of you know I, I didn't re- kind of realize it, but people, people like a lot of I think a lot of people were, were thankful for that. I know there was stupid messages picked by you or picked by ESPN or the UFC, whatever, popping up on, on from Twitter on the screen. But mm-hmm. you know, there was a, there was people outside of like you know other athletes saying like, oh, it's great to have sports back and stuff and. Mm-hmm. Fair pay to the EU. can all so there definitely isn't just a, like I think a lot of people think it was a like a, pretty much a near complete success bar bar jack array. Like I don't think I don't think it was a disaster at all. I, I agree. Like I don't think it was a complete success, like some people do, but I don't think it was a disaster like like you do. Uh,
0: yeah, I think it was a complete disaster. Like I I want sports to come back. I agree with everything you said there. I think for people's mental health, for people to have something to look forward to, to have something to watch, a hundred percent they should do it. I like I, I think Maybe it's a little bit too too soon now, maybe in a couple of weeks or something, when they have a, a better plan or whatever. But, like, I just think... Like, like you if you want to bring back sport, if you want to do that, like, you have two options, right? You can either not give a shit... Right, and just bring it back for your enjoyment. And I know a lot of people are like that. They don't care. They don't care if the disease gets spread. They don't care if the virus gets spread. They don't care if people get sick if they pass it to other people uh, who might be more vulnerable than fighters uh, who get sick and and maybe you know get very badly sick and die. I know a lot of people just don't care, but I think most people would want sports to come back in a safe manner. And we like the UFC can do that. You know, I've I've said how they do it there, like and it like the thing about it is right. Okay, we, if we use this as a test or whatever, this, this test now has I, I think completely and utterly failed. Like I, I honestly don't know how this event went ahead. <laughs> to be honest, and it seemed like people didn't even care that it went ahead. Like, and uh, the big I think a big issue as well is the this event on Wednesday going ahead and this event next Saturday going ahead, like. I think those events should be moved back two weeks or whatever, you know, do it some way like that so you can get that extra testing in there before. Like, if you said they might learn from these mistakes, right? The first thing they should do if they learn from these mistakes is cancel those events and move them back. Like, and have everyone have all the same fights in two weeks' time and put all of them into isolation right now and do what you need to do so you don't have another situation where you have someone positive for COVID-19 walk around a hotel. Do it. Like... The, and a bigger problem, even with that as well, is this fucking f- complete and utter flouting of the rules, the social distancing rules. The people just completely and utterly flouted it, like they didn't care. And that's coming from the top down with Dana White. It really, really is like it's, it, it like it's. It makes you think that everything they're doing is just nonsense. And it like we we know it's nonsense. Dana White doesn't give one single fuck about these people. He. He doesn't care. He wants to earn his money from ESPN. They're putting on these cards because they get their money from ESPN. ESPN are happy to go along with it because they don't have someone uh, from the the state who who cares. You know, Florida don't give a shit. The, the Athletic Commission were happy. The Athletic Commission jumped out the second Jack Ray fell the test and said, oh yeah, we're happy. You know, all the precautions were taken. Let's go ahead with it. There's there's no adult in the room here. I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. I think my friend Paul in the the the, uh, the Sound of Violence podcast, uses that phrase again. There's no adult in the room here. They don't give a shit. It's it's a bull in a china shop. Sort of promotion. This is what it is, and it's like sport. I, I we we need to uh, unfurl our emotion for sports coming back with sports coming back safely, like. We want sports to come back. I want sport. I like. It. I'd love to see Limerick, horland They were spoiled. like the championship well, was supposed the, the, to start the, last is, week in soccer. The, 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 I'd love the, the, to see them all. But
1: yeah, But what? there is no completely safe way to bring it back. Like you have uh, no. to test the, have to test the waters. Like, we're, we're, like it's all just like you know people's opinions on things, and and nobody really knows the extent of it completely, and um. <laughs> Uh, there, I don't like unless you wait years there's no completely unless there's a vaccine that everybody gets or like you know there's, there's no way you're bringing it back completely safe you're going to have to do trial runs
0: but do you like do you think this trial run passed do you think like they, they did enough well, testing long if, enough
1: if if like if it comes out like you know in in the net, or if they test them after, all the fighters and all the people involved after the event for example they test them today or tomorrow and the results come back clean I think it's like as good as could be expected three
0: people have it though
1: Yeah, I know, but, like, that's, like, out of how many people, that's probably, like, you know, as expected, no? Like, you know, it's not going to be, it's not going to be, like, you know, I think everybody involved knew that it was unlikely that, like, it was going to go off without a hitch. I,
0: I just, go I can't understand that at all. Like, I... You look
1: at, like, the Bundesliga or the Premier League or whatever, like, the players testing positive Mm -hmm. and it's still going ahead, I think, because people think... Well, we don't know. Like at the moment, it's still set to go ahead. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're
0: taking their time. They're it's. I think it's like two weeks out from the Bundesliga starting back. They it's have been a, it's test- a bigger
1: operation of having like you know fifteen players or or seventeen players on each side, coaches, like yeah. staff. It's bigger. It's a much bigger operation, and I know differences where it's outside and stuff. And it's people. I've I've heard anyway that it's it's like less contagious or it's harder to to contract to the coronavirus when you're outside mm-hmm. but um so, yeah. the, so does that you not really mean know.
0: so does that not mean it should be easier for the ufc because there's less people and it should also be more straightforward for the ufc to separate people inside uh when when they're forced to stay inside like
1: yeah well they should have they should have tested people they should have brought people in earlier like you exactly, were saying yeah. them earlier and done all that but from from the, the way it was it was done you know what i mean it, it was kind of you know it was unlikely it was going to go out go off without an or something
0: yeah from the way it was done I agree I, I, and I think if it had been done a little bit further like a week further out that's that I'm not saying like put them into isolation for a month or, ever, or, or anything like we know the incubation period uh, of the virus we know when it shows up and all like that so you need to keep people in isolation for that long that, that's, you know, that that's all I'm saying here. If we, if you did that and you had Jacques Riff, like, imagine if Jacques Riff failed, right, and he had been in isolation away from everyone else two weeks out from the fight. Like, it, we wouldn't, it wouldn't even be in this situation. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I feel, I feel the level of um reaction to this was not half as much as it should have been, to be honest. Like, I really think people just, absolutely fucked up in this one like
1: <laughs> I think it's, it's, that like, you've obviously since the very start for the last I don't know how many weeks with the coronavirus going on mm-hmm. in the podcast taking like a kind of more serious stance than, than a lot of people how can you not like
0: how can you I mean, not no, but take that's a just fucking people have sense.
1: opinions on what oh, they believe and, this, and this you know is... people believe like a lot of different things that you don't believe and they <laughs> think things are more dangerous than you do and they think they think things that are fine that you, you, you don't like uh, I think uh, yeah it's just like people just have different opinions on how serious and how dangerous this is and how much they need to to isolate and And follow the the rules the social distancing rules like you even go to a supermarket and people are just like you know not respecting the the social distancing rules at all
0: Do people not see the millions of people around the world that have it and the hundreds hundreds of thousands of people who have died with it like no
1: People,
0: but you don't believe that now. You like you know very well, well
1: yeah. No, I, I know, but uh, but like you know, um, I'm just saying that like not everybody shares your opinion of the but, uh, um, like, the uh, of it. I,
0: I, people seem to want to turn this into like a left versus right thing or like a politics thing. Like, I don't give a fuck about politics, I know you don't either. I like, I it, this is, I don't think this is a thing about opinions, like, this is. This is just factual. Like, this is happening right in front of our eyes. We see it. Like, listen to the news every day. We hear the amount uh, of people who are getting it. We hear the amount of people who are dying all over the world. America and, f- you know, fucked. Uh, UK absolutely destroyed. Italy for months and months and months in absolute, you know, bits. Like, this is real. Like, this is not... It's, it's not like, oh, I have an opinion. This is, you know, this is really bad. Someone listen an opinion. Oh, no, it's not too bad. It, this is fucking really bad. This is not about opinions, like... I, I I don't know like oh, I don't know I don't know it's,
1: we talk about some fights <laughs> no, I, yeah.
0: oh god if you want to right um, I suppose we we could the undercard I didn't watch the first five or six fights give us uh, what was Ryan Spann and Sam Alvey like a, a split decision was it a typical Sam Alvey fight
1: yeah, like um, he, Sam, i led a little bit more than he usually would. And but I don't know. I thought I thought Span won. I was surprised it was a split decision. And Bruce Buffer was actually rusty and just read it out 29-28 and then said at the end, "By split decision, didn't even didn't <laughs> even go through the dramatics so of maybe because the crowd wasn't there." He was like, "Ah, fuck this."
0: Yeah,
1: um... but uh, Bryce Mitchell looked looked really good against Charles Rose. I completely dominated them on the ground. Uh, went for like nearly got a twister a few times. Uh, just completely dominated and went from his back to deep what is a deep three quarter guard and just completely styled on him on the ground mm-hmm.
0: um, I see there's a 30-24 in there
1: yeah also. like he was, the first round was literally like complete and utter all out defence from Charles Rosa the, the whole round mm-hmm. and uh, the other ones weren't, weren't, too, weren't too different they weren't as ex- as extreme as that obviously Bryce Mitchell keeps a really good pace but it's hard to keep that extreme pace of the first round for for more than more than a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, Albert or uh, not Albert, <laughs> Vicente Lu- Vicente Luque and Nico Price was a really good fight. Uh, it was it ended with a, with a doctor stopping it due to an eye injury, but uh, it was kind of back and forth. Nico Price was doing better in the first round and maybe people expect on the feet, but Luque kind of figured figured out his rhythm and and started to to land big shots and that's what caused the the eye injury and the the doctor stoppage Mm -hmm. Um, did you see the Carla Esparza Michelle Watterson Uh, yeah
0: I was watching it kind of in the background was it as boring as it looked to me yeah
1: I thought Michelle Watterson won the first two rounds and then Carla won the third but a lot of people seemed to have different uh, scorecards Uh, there was two 30-27s in opposite directions. So uh yeah, that was a bit strange.
0: That can happen in close fights. Though. Like I, 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 well, I thought Watterson won from the. Like I didn't sit down and score. I was literally watching it while fucking on Zoom, and drinking cans at the bedside. I, I didn't watch it all. But yeah, I, I don't know. It, it was always going like it was always going to be one of those fights that was going to be a, <laughs> a split decision or a you know, very very close fight. Anyway, I think. But yeah, I don't. I don't know. Um, this what about this Verdum <laughs> Olnick fight?
1: <laughs> yeah, was... Olnick came out swinging, leather yeah. just wafting punches at him. <laughs> say, like... and, uh, I thought I, I was watching the the result, I was like, guys, no way you can do this for more than like one round maximum. Mm-hmm. But and he did look very tired. He was like, lying on the floor in between rounds. Um, but uh, he managed to he managed to do it again. Well, to do a similar, less effective job of it in the second round, and do enough to on the judges' scorecards in the end to. Yeah. To be for Doom and like you know, it's, it's, it's a, a very unexpected win for Hanaek. Like a, usually, unsure. if he if he's if he can't get like a, a kind of sneaky strange submission, it's kind of th- that's it for him. But he showed he has a bit more to him. Uh, you know, obviously he didn't want to go. He didn't want to go down to the ground with for Doom, especially um, if he wasn't on top. So he avoided that and managed to land the the, the bigger, stronger punches like for Doom. You know he's not the same as he used to be. His uh, he didn't look in shape. Um, yeah, maybe he took Alnec a little bit lightly, uh, or maybe just the the whole coronavirus has thrown off his training, or bad day at the office, or he's just he's just over the hill. And but you know Alnec is over the hill too, so it was it was a bad it's a bad loss for for for, for you
0: know. was over the hill when he fucking started. Like I was looking at Alnec had thirty one wins by submission before two thousand and ten. <laughs> <What a> fucking <laughs> man, like to me this looked like. Do you know, in in, uh, in isolation, everyone's either, like, getting really fucking fit, or just, like, eating Oreos all day and getting fat. Like, Nick looked like that lad who was just out running fucking 30 miles every day, and Verdum looked like the fella who was playing FIFA and eating fucking Kit Kats. Like, you know, that, that that's, I think that was the difference here. I couldn't believe how bad Verdum looked when he came in. I hadn't seen The Wayne or anything like that all, I saw was that video of him with Jack Ray, but, um, coming into this fight, I could, like, he looked very out of shape, very flabby and stuff, and... When Olnick was putting on the pace, he didn't really seem to be able to uh to stop it at all, and uh, he had a Kamora at one stage that he almost got. Uh, but when someone's as good at Jiu-Jitsu as Olnick is, it's uh it's unlikely he's going to get finished with that. So very good display. Yeah, from that old man's
1: strength as well. Indeed, uh, indeed very good. <laughs> but for Doom, like you know, he look, even the way he started the fight, he didn't start it with any kind of pop. Like you know, he usually he kind of runs across and throws something crazy, or you you know just, he just looked flat the whole the whole fight. I thought.
0: Mm-hmm um Pettis versus Saroni
1: Cer- yeah did you see the Pettis and Cerrone fight uh
0: yeah I did yeah but I don't remember any of it to be honest
1: I had um I had I had some problems with my stream in the first round for a minute or two but I, uh, like um it was really close like uh, I was expecting Cerrone to get the nod the way the, the commentators were going mm-hmm. were, were, were going on but uh it was razor close like uh, I was thinking Pettis but I was thinking then oh maybe because I missed the uh a couple of minutes. I think it was the end of the, the first round. Started the second round. I missed, and I thought maybe oh, they seem the commentator seem to be in agreement that Theroni's going to win. But uh, you know, sometimes that can be just I don't know. They can just start watching one fighter and commentating just on on the the, the, the strikes he's landing and not really you know acknowledging the the good things uh, the other the other guy is doing. So. And- I, I-
0: yeah, pettis is another guy i look at and I, I i know we you know we talk about uh weight cutting and all and it's bad to do but he lo- he looks to me like a guy who welterweight doesn't really suit his body type i don't think i think he's better when he's like slender and, and quicker um like, the problem is when you get to say when you get to 155 uh you're you know, what do you what, what do you win when you get into cage 170 175 maybe like Pedicerium wears in at 170, and you know he's cutting weight down to that as well. So he's probably weighing 180, maybe 182, 183 coming in there. I just think that's too much for his body type. Cerrone is kind of bigger and can maybe, you know, longer. Yeah, longer, longer and pack time. it on a little bit better. And I think it suits him a little bit more. But I thought Cerrone in this fight, uh, this was like the slowest maybe I'd seen Cerrone, or he just. Like he didn't look like Cerrone. Even when he loses, he comes out and he, you know, he throws those thumping leg kicks. And he did a little bit of it late, actually, in the fight. I seem to remember now, especially in like the last couple of minutes and stuff. But maybe, maybe it was because of the the devastating way in which McGregor beat him in forty seconds. That you know, and he's a slow starter normally anyway. But. Um, he did look like, Cerrone did what and Cerrone and he
1: does he kind of knows like you know he's fought better before he's trained mm. to him he knows he's he's dangerous and you know he, he plays into Cerrone's head he talks about you know the things that go on his own head a lot these days like and I don't know I think talking about it so much isn't a good idea then it's hard to forget about it if you're constantly talking about it people are constantly asking you because you, you keep bringing it up or because you've made it a thing I don't, I don't think that helps mm-hmm. I don't think you know if you're trying to get over that i don't think everybody knowing constantly talking about it is going to help that
0: yeah maybe maybe i I think it's a good fight for Cerrone to kind of get back into his Cerrone ways you know because that mcgregor fight it like it looked like you know obviously it was a very devastating win or very very devastating loss for uh for serrano so look it's good to see him back to uh you know, back to the way he is and maybe the next fight he'll come out and he'll, he'll look uh, sharper again than he did in, in the start of this Uh Greg Hardy versus Jorgen Decastro uh, it was one like watching this fight it was one of those fights where um where Greg like DeCastro was just looking for a knockout for the whole fight and Greg Hardy was just too athletic and too quick actually Decastro is a pretty good athlete as well I didn't really realise <laughs> I kind of saw this fight he's pretty fast as well but I think Like, Greg Hardy is very good at um, not taking shots right in the face. You know, he's he is, and I think that's because of his athleticism and his fast-twitch movement and his abilities. He's obviously worked on that very hard, but having that athleticism coming from the NFL definitely helps uh, an awful lot. And I think in fights like this, unless it's someone who is, like, Uh, a top fighter who's been around for an awful long time who has the tactics to beat someone like greg hardy in that situation hardy's always going to win like at heavyweight we we, yeah
1: well i don't know like the castro like i know like hardy did check the the leg kick and caused the injury but he was chewing up hardy's leg and you know if once he i think once he injured his his foot the castro he threw only one one leg kick after that and that was kind of his main source of of Mm-hmm. Success early on. So, you know, it could have been a different story if, you know, Hardy kind of credited Daniel Cormier. He said he overheard him saying he's going to have, need to check them. He, his legs yeah. getting chewed up or whatever. And then he checked w- one straight after that and kind of, you know, nearly won him the fight.
0: Yeah, yeah that is true as well. I- I don't know. I like. I feel like it was maybe a little bit overplayed that the casher. I didn't realize the cashier actually hurty. Like so that. that yeah, makes no, sense
1: he did. He, he was landing a lot earlier with, with yeah. that. Like Hardy didn't really seem to know what to do, and uh, then once, I think I think I only noticed one in the in the next two rounds. Then after 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 he injured his foot. Yeah, I,
0: I think Greg Hardy was kind of you know as he mentioned talking, listening to Carmi after. He fought from maybe a farther distance and made Castro kind of come in with his shots a little bit more uh, or with his, uh, with his punches anyway. But, like, I don't know. Like, I feel... Watching last night, I, I, I saw someone saying every time they watch Greg Hardy, they don't know what they're, you know... They don't know that they see anything different from him this time. Like, I, I think Greg Hardy... Well,
1: the all point I think we saw we yeah. saw
0: them out. I, like... I think Greg Hardy could go a long way to be honest because with his physical attributes and if he... He's like he's very tactically good, I think, Greg Hardy and his technique is improving all the time even though it might, might only be little small things. Like we saw him in the Contender Series and he was just whiffing shots in but now he's going a few rounds with Volkov. He's gone three rounds here and winning a unanimous decision 30-27 in all three cards. Like, if he can find ways of using his power more with that... I think he'd be absolutely fantastic. Like, we, we see it, it's a completely and utterly different example, but Rose Namajunas, she's someone who, she had the power in her hands. We saw with Ian Jacek, she had, like, the submissions she had early, and she's uh, pretty athletic, very fast as well. Uh, and when she put all those things together, she became one of the best fighters in the world in her weight class. Like, uh, Hardy, okay, he doesn't have all the skills yet, but in a, in a division where... Okay, the skills at the very top with its, um Steep and Carmy are huge, but before that, like the skill level in that division isn't huge. So if he can put that skill level together with his athleticism and power and everything like that, I think he could be. I think he could be a real force in that division. But, uh, let's wait and see how he goes. Um, you were impressed with Calvin Cater, were you coming in here beating Jeremy Stevens, knocking him out in the second round?
1: Yeah, I was. Um, like Jeremy Stevens, obviously, we should mention miss weight by like four four and, four and, half and a half pounds, pound. yeah. which uh, you know, and, and he weighed in at the very the very start of the the three hour window for weighing in or the two hour window, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So he didn't even try to to make weight, basically. Uh, <laughs> I thought might give him him an advantage of you know uh, a little bit more strength, but Calvin Guitar was just just way too good for him. Um, Jeremy Stevens is just. He's just too basic, and he just he, he he's just loading up on shots, looking for the, looking for the kill. And he's he's just he, a good fighter's always gonna always gonna pick him apart, and that's yeah. what Qatar did, or Calvin Qatar did.
0: Yeah, like Stevens came out quick, and he landed a couple of shots early, and I thought, well, maybe no, maybe. But as you said, he kind of did. He
1: always it. does, though. Yeah, yeah he just <laughs> kind of goes a bit berserk at the start, and if if that doesn't work, it's kind of yeah, it's kind of try that over and over again. And a, 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 a fighter with a with a good IQ and understanding of fighting of, of or of uh, striking worked out pretty quickly
0: yeah that elbow that was absolutely brilliant standing elbow with the the right elbow and then on the ground with the left elbow absolutely cut him open vicious vicious stuff this actually happened in the next fight as well we we'll talk about that in a second but I in mma i don't know it's probably always happened but i've, I've maybe noticed it more recently that like it's and I think McGregor was really, really good at this as well. I mentioned it, I think, after his last fight. But, like, when you knock someone down and hurt someone, that second blow after it, when they're already dazed and hurt and open for it, if you can keep your head when all around you is is, is mad or whatever that saying is, and hurt them again then, that, like, that's... To me, becoming one of like the most important strikes in MMA, and to have you know mm. to have the coolness to do that, which uh, Calvin Cater yeah. did, which uh, McGregor always does, which uh, Francis yeah. Ngannou had, it's huge. Yeah. But it?
1: also um, Henry Cejudo, you know, he just gotten caught from a headbutt, he's bleeding everywhere. Yeah. It's like what ten seconds ago in the round, he drops the Dominic Cruz with the knee, and mm-hmm. you know uh, he he only has a couple of seconds, you know, to finish his fight, yeah. and he manages to land a perfect punch on like. Pick, mm-hmm. pick the perfect punch and ground a pound, and we'll talk about it more later. But that's you know that's you know the difference between somebody surviving the round and you know maybe taking your belt or winning the fight and and you being you you having a knockout
0: yeah 100% it, it really is and it's it's uh, it's absolutely huge um cater where does it go next it's that division is you never know with that featherweight division there's just so much around there so we'll uh, we'll see where it goes francis singing all right this was the fight okay i picked francis to win but i we were talking on the betting show at the weekend and i was like i was who was i talking i was talking to someone else as well last night about it it was like look no, this is a 50-50 fight, you know, maybe if uh, Rosenstruck can kind of pick his poison a little bit, if he can, you know, just get away from Francis for a little bit. We know how Francis comes in and throwing big shots. If he can just manage to counter him for a second, you know, he might get the, he might get the knockout, or Francis might knock him out, you know, 50-50. And, okay, it went, what, 20 seconds, but, like, I was... I couldn't have been more wrong. <laughs> I realised it after it happened, but, like, Rosenstruck is has a level of comfort at heavyweight that is unusual and it's good if he can see it coming or if it's you know if he can kind of maybe predict those shots coming but when you have a guy coming at you throwing fucking sideways windmills just like a fucking uh, like a helicopter coming at you and like what are you supposed to do with that when, when you're in when you're that sort of fighter who who um you know who who tries to remain calm in there and tries yeah. to see shots come and it's like mm.
1: all of a sudden you're up against the cage you got nowhere to go and then you're then you're knocked out
0: yeah and like this to me was probably Francis's worst performance in the last while because he like he took two hard leg kicks and then he just started swanging. like he just started fucking
1: yeah he was swanging. like swanging <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like
0: he just went fucking he's just been crazy he saw like the red mist and just went for it and he just fucking he just smashed him like. Has well, Fran- he completely, he completely
1: ran in with his with his chin up in the air. Basically yeah, he did. As well. <laughs> <laughs> he did.
0: No, he it was it was great. Do you think Francis? And it's a weird, weird fucking question to ask because he's won what is it four fights in a row now in like seven seconds. Do you think he's improved since the the Steve Best off? Do you think he's it's, a different
1: it's, it's really hard to know? Like you know, he he recovered well from well, like he lost and then looked terrible and then he recovered really well from that, but. Mm-hmm. You know when you're winning so quickly, and you know when you're when you have to land a half punch to to knock somebody out or clip somebody, it's, it's hard to know. Like it really is hard to know. Yeah, I
0: like it's interesting to see if that can get him to the very, very top because you know. But
1: even if he goes in there against Daniel Cormier, it's deep and knocks him out in the first round like that. Do we really? Is he? Do we? Do we even know anything more about him? I don't think so.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably. Not. It's a weird situation because in in other divisions we see lads like that all the time, and it. It it almost never works out for him, you know. People who have like this this speciality in maybe one area, or they have something big. It, it you know even like jujitsu guys in the lower weight classes, crawling grace or whatever, and they get to a higher level, and you know they're obviously going to be kind of showing up. Uh, for Francis, like I, I I still don't know. Like it's it's easier to do something like that at heavyweight, but then. Daniel Cormier is at heavyweight, and Stepaniuch is at heavyweight, and they're both, you know, they both can hit hard as well. They both have good wrestling, and they're both intelligent fighters. It's, it's going to be tough, but I'm I'm here to see it. Like I can't, I can't wait to see it. I like the, the thing is, well, like, against Steeper, right, he he kind of did that the first time he came in, and he just he swung a few bungalows and he tried to knock him out, but like. When, if you're uh, okay, forget about Steep for a second. What what do you think Francis would do if he fought Daniel Cormier? Does he just come in throwing fucking shots over the top? Like Cormier said, he's going to yeah, take him down for I ten seconds. The,
1: the Rumble, the it's kind of like the Rumble fight. It's yeah. kind of the same dynamic there. So um, Rumble, you kind of knew if it didn't work out within a few minutes, he'd probably just, just give you his back. Yeah.
0: yeah, that was a problem with him. I like I can't wait to see it. I, I really want to see Francis. The problem though with Francis is if you do that, and if he loses again. You're in a very, very odd situation because you have a guy who's last two title fights and who is going to fucking destroy everyone else in ten seconds. Like, if yeah, uh, but you can just
1: you can you can always throw him throw him in against a few opponents, get him another couple of knockouts, and then you can you can sell him in the main event again because he will always have that huge power and yeah. that chance of knocking people out, and people love that at heavyweight.
0: And there'll probably be a different champion as well because the yeah, champion and
1: heavyweight is like you know Steep is a record holder with two title defenses. So.
0: Yeah, I think it's true, isn't it? Possibly, I don't know. Anyway.
1: Oh, okay. Well, sorry, he beat the record of two times. <laughs> he did, yeah, he did.
0: All uh, right, the main event: Henry Cejudo versus uh, Dominic Cruz. In uh, the first round, uh, Henry Cejudo came out showing leg kicks did very well, Cruz was in motion but I don't think he was landing any combinations like the old Dominic Cruz, uh, Cejudo clearly won the round. In the second I thought Cruz looked a little bit better, he was landing combinations, uh, Cejudo still landing some leg kicks, still landing more powerful shots and things but Cruz did look a little bit better, uh, didn't a headbutt cut open Henry Cejudo. He came out with that big knee as you mentioned earlier on, right hand on the ground, that lovely shot, and then we had uh, we had the stoppage. Before we get to the the stoppage, what did, what did you think of the fight itself? What did you think of how Cruz looked? Um, yeah,
1: he, his movement looked similar, like maybe like he didn't look like a a lot slower or anything, but he, I think. Yeah, like getting his timing and all that stuff after three and a half years out is just always going to be so difficult, especially in in the early rounds. And like, you know, with that cut, I think they clashed heads a couple of times or at least once before that. And it it wasn't anything intentional. It's just the the strange movements of of Dominic Cruz and the fact that Cejudo's a lot smaller and kind of has to close the distance quickly. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't think they're intentional there or anything. But once he he got cut, you were kind of thinking, oh, this this could be a factor here, you know, this... Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, there. So um, Hudo was winning the rounds, but you know uh, Dominic Cruz uh, co- was was still uh, like live in the fight, and he was definitely he was definitely causing problems for So but without landing real any real damage. Like Hudo was land, So was landing like the the more impactful shots, especially with the leg kicks. Mm-hmm. But the, just the the timing of that of that um of that knee after, you know, is just so, so perfect. And the, the, the shot, as I mentioned on the way on, when Dominic Cruz is on the way down was, was perfect as well, especially with all the things going on and the, the blood running down his face after after the headbutt and the, the fact that the clock is is expiring and he managed to keep his cool and land the shots. And uh, whether you whether you agree with the, the stoppage uh, or not, like zahudo so did did everything perfectly in in the situation.
0: Yeah, I. When the, the cut happened, we'll get to the stoppage in a second. When the cut happened, I remember Cruz talking about his fight with Cody Garban, you know, where he got caught and he was like, so I need to, I need to kind of put my, my foot in the gas here to, um, cause, you know, I could be, this fight could be stopped at any stage. The, the doctor could stop it, so I need to kind of go out and finish him. And I feel like, um, Suhuda so might have done a little bit of that and it might have played into Cruz's hands a little bit so I think from that point on if it had gone another what was it three rounds after that uh, it could have been a it could have been a different fight it could have been a more uh, maybe a close fight or look maybe Suhuda would have gone into the got into the corner and the, the cut would have been fixed it wouldn't have been any factor at all but I feel like it might have been a little bit different um, look like, I agree with you I don't think Cruz looked completely slower than he did recently especially the Garbrandt fight I just think his style is easier now to figure out than it had been before because Henry is a fantastic fighter. And like, I feel like we take away from Henry Sudo at times uh, for some reason. Uh, uh,
1: yeah. but... I think you do. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. Because I, I think I'm, I'm always picking him and you're always kind of doubting him. I, I, I don't know why. I,
0: well, I did pick him in the end. So <laughs> well, I, I like... <laughs> Yeah, I suppose this is a discussion for another day, but like, they're uh, obviously a very close fight with Mighty Mouse, the bad stoppage versus TJ Dillashaw, um, yeah, again, none of those things are, are no, his fault, and yeah, he,
1: exactly. he's doing everything kind of perfectly. You know? I, yeah, <laughs> I agree, I agree, up,
0: but that's why maybe we are, or I talk about him negatively at times, because we have to kind of mention those things, but aside from that, I agree with you, he's like... Only a very good fighter could have done to Dominic Cruz what he did last night, even before we get to the knockout and all of that. like you, you you, can only produce that sort of performance and beat the sort of fighter Dominic Cruz is if you have the ability to do that, if you have the speed and the power and the tactical now. Sp- like a fantastic he's he's really really fantastic uh, Henry Cejudo is, and we um, make a point to give him props because he, he definitely deserves yeah. them I and mean,
1: he's um, like the, the longest opponent you know Dominic Cruz kind of knows how to use his length and you know uh, Cejudo didn't you know he, yeah. he okay Cruz could like jab a bit more maybe but yeah, I think I think um, Cejudo just he just works everything out so quickly yeah. on, on the fly in the fight and just, just yeah, has, a, has a brilliant fight IQ and uh, we'll probably get to his hashtag I
0: was I was actually a little bit disappointed Cruz didn't use his lint better use his jabs or use his uh, he did throw a few leg kicks but as we, you kind of mentioned last week he doesn't have that Marlon murray sort of devastating leg kick and it didn't work out too well for him Henry Sahuda won that battle but I, uh, that was kind of what I was hoping from Dominic Cruz you know to make the fight a little bit closer maybe to push in his direction to come with something different but he didn't I don't think and uh, you know Henry Cejudo was prepared for what Dominic Cruz brings and uh, kind of that was that right so before we get to the, the it, it, may it, return, you know it's hard
1: to, sorry it's hard to know where Dominic Cruz is because yeah. You know if he came in against like anybody else maybe like you know if he had a warm-up fight for example even like you know he's coming in against hudo here like you it's know true. this guy yeah. is this guy is at the top of the game and always improving and active and Dominic Cruz is just like the last seven eight years has just been riddled with injuries and three and a half years off it's just it was such a mammoth task to come in after three and a half years and, and beat hudo yeah
0: that's true and Cejudo shoulder looked good as well and, uh, that's always a worry you see the big fucking scarring it as well last night so what did you think of the stoppage you think it was a good stoppage bad stoppage
1: um, I think the, the ref kind of missed the, the the opportunity to stop it by a second. I think it, I think it was okay. I think he was just slightly laid in on the stoppage, and it just looked bad because Dominic Cruz had kind of stood up. But he did, he did, he, you know, take about ten to fifteen unanswered punches. Yeah,
0: I thought it was the definition of a 50-50 stoppage, to be honest, because. Uh, look, he he did take unanswered punches, and his head was on the ground, and his hands were outflailing. Before
1: as well, it was, yeah. was perfectly timed. He was coming in, and mm-hmm. it was uh, like you know the force of that was huge. So the ref obviously was was right beside that, and with the crowd, he would have heard it loudly as well. So maybe, yeah,
0: uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, there is that part though that he there definitely wasn't like a a def- definitive ending put on the fight. You know, it wasn't as if you know the def- you know. He, if he had knocked him out with that knee and it was gone, you oh, okay? It's over. You stopped oh, yeah. the fight. But
1: absolutely, you, you know. completely understand Dominic Cruz's argument of yeah. like here I'm, I'm standing up. Like how is that not intelligent? Like yeah. you know what I mean? That's intelligent defense. You.
0: I, but I don't. The, the second
1: before that, where if the yeah. ref had to come in a second before, I don't think there the would have been. You're right. it, it, you know what I mean? Uh, but it, it, it's a tough situation for the ref because these guys are like these little guys, especially so who Dominic Cruz and moving so at such fast. a speed.
0: Yeah. What did you think? Did you hear Dominic Cruz came out and said that Keith Peterson smelled like alcohol? and cigarettes when he got into the cage and he wanted to change him even before the fight started like that's a fucking <laughs> the, the dog fucking hears the, the alcohol and <laughs> cigarettes he's going back that's a fucking big accusation to be making about someone and you know it's I don't know if I was Keith Peterson I'd probably be taking that a little bit further like you can't be yeah, well, saying like, that about
1: if, if, it, if it's not true then I'd say there, there will be some kind of repercussions for yeah. Cruz but if it is true, then it's a, it's a disgrace.
0: Yeah, it's a disgrace either way. Like one one of the ways, if it's true, it's a key Pearson shouldn't be refing anymore. Uh, even though I think he's a fantastic ref, and if it's not true, then Dominic Cruz something should happen to Dominic Cruz. Like, he should be, I don't know, keep Peterson and fucking sue him or does commission, um, the commission fine him or something should like that? Maybe, maybe
1: he smokes cigarettes and he uses loads of alcohol
0: Yeah, Yeah, he smells like alcohol. Everyone's fucking putting... Uh, <laughs> everyone's putting alcohol in their hands nonstop. Of course he's <laughs> going to smell like fucking alcohol. What are you talking about, Dominic? But yeah. Um, actually, before we get to the main event, did you hear this thing as well? I know Philip O'Connor reported it and uh, Yahoo, I think, reported it as well that uh, all the fighters were... Uh, I don't know if it was made to sign, well, but did sign. Yeah, a clause yeah. in the contract, not to the disparage the UFC. I know Dana White was asked by it by the Mac Life, uh, and he said, "Look, this is always on every contract, but this is uh, like, um, this is yeah. something." no I know that it, is, look, it looks
1: bad, but yeah. you know, um, in like for example, music contracts, it says like, you know, we own the rights to this property in this universe or any unknown, undiscovered universe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? These contracts are crazy. That's just the way they are.
0: Yeah, uh, like, the thing about it as well is, though, like, why did they need a specific COVID-19 one? Like, okay, they, they all signed their contracts, and I'm sure there's, as you mentioned there, in all contracts there, there is that non-disparagement. But why did they have to put it specifically about COVID-19? Like, would it not have been called altogether? Like, why did they have to put that thing about non-payment of purses in there as well? That, to me, that just seems like scare tactics from the UFC, which is fucking really not needed around now. Like, it really is not needed. Like...
1: Yeah, I, I, it's a really bad look, like, yeah, you know, they, they must have known that that was going to come out, like, you know, mm-hmm. these things always seem, well, maybe they don't, maybe we just don't know about them, but they seem to come out, you know, uh, regularly enough, maybe yeah. it's just a case that we don't hear about them, they happen all the time, but,
0: uh, yeah, it's,
1: it's not a good look, you, you, you know, you're trying to kind of put on your your best foot forward, put on your, be- your best... Uh, face (laughs) and that's a bad look.
0: I think uh, uh, Eric McGracken as well over on Twitter said the media that were there were made to sign him as well which I don't know is that confirmed or not yet but if I get into the media bash now I'll be there (laughs) so I won't get into that but uh, yeah it's like I thought as well. After uh, Jacare tested positive, I thought everyone in that card should have been given the option to not fight and get paid. Like uh, that, the the second when that started, uh, or when that came out, I think uh, I think that should have been done. What I don't, I haven't heard. Maybe it was done, but I haven't heard it was done anyway. But sure, look, we won't get into that again. Um, Justin Getchie versus Tony Ferguson. Uh, this pretty much went. Exactly as we called it apart from the fact that Tony Ferguson's the chin held chin. up a lot better. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a chin like this. He got the shit beat out of him from pillar to post, apart from one shot at the end of, what was it, the second round or whatever. Uh, what a chin. On, like, before we get into <laughs> Justin uh, like, edge, I, uh,
1: I was thinking, do you think because it was, you know, we could hear it more because there was no crowd, it seemed like, you know, maybe in other fights the punches are landing that hard and we just don't realize it because we can't hear the the clatter
0: Uh, I don't know like yeah maybe maybe it it does help in that way but Gecci does fucking hit hard doesn't he and like he was it was not just that he was hitting him hard he was wobbling him as well you know he went fell back at one stage and yeah it's no I I, no I do think there was (laughs) no there was as hard as they're
1: going to be like oh no, there's uh, definitely some huge shots and and I was surprised he was able to you know, survived him for as long for as long as he did, and mm-hmm. probably would have been better off for, for Tony Ferguson if he just didn't, if he just got knocked out in the, f- the first round or the second round or TKO. It probably would have been would have been better. Yeah. Def- definitely would have been better for him, but he just got completely uh, dominated. Bar that uppercut he landed, just in case you went for some like fucking uppercut from the floor, and mm-hmm. Tony threw the, the uppercut as well and landed clean. And you know, uh, uh, people. I saw people saying Gage, was saved by the bell, but he popped up and looked looked okay yeah, to me. Yeah, no, he was grand. Dude. Um, yeah, but that, besides that, he just completely dominated Tony Ferguson. Um, Tony just offered basically nothing bar just walking forward, being a zombie, and, mm. and that was that was about it. Yeah, let me just but like we, we kind of said this. So yeah, we did. Yeah. I know, like you know, when he came, I said this for years. When he came up against an upper an echelon guy, he was he was gonna get destroyed or you know get beaten handily enough. And that's what happened. Um I like definitely an upper on guy. We said it before the, we said it before we kinda we were both surprised that uh Tony Ferguson was the favourite. But I suppose when you're on such a such a long streak and you we said about, you know, Rogan and Eddie Bravo hyping him up and, mm-hmm. and people in the media and, and the fans and all that hyping him up. But he's definitely he's definitely a really good fighter. But I think we he, he showed that when you when you're that easily hitable, it's it's no matter how good your chin is when you come up against the really top guys, you're you're just gonna lose.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were talking about it on the Zoom at the weekend. I remember sitting around to everyone and like, I think most people are like, yeah, like just Gaethje is a horrendous matchup for for Tony Ferguson. Like he really is. Like, like I just run through the fight quickly and I think it it'll kind of should tell that picture. Like the first round, it was just all Gaethje power landing that left hook over and over. Tony landed some leg kicks which were nice, but it was an easy Justin Gaethje round. I thought Gecci, did he get his teeth knocked out or something at the very start of the second? I saw him spits something out and there was blood coming out from his mouth. So I I, I I don't know if that was has been confirmed or anything, but to me it looked like that. But Gecci still smashed him all around. Uh, Tony knocked Justin Gecci down with that uppercut, as you mentioned, at the very end. I think that made it a close round, but I still think it was probably Gecci's round. He had landed lots of power shots.
1: Yeah, uh, especially like, you know, he landed some really nice headshots as well, which were obvious, but those leg kicks, like Tony did his best to, to hide them and make out like they were nothing but you could see they were really chewing up Tony Tony's legs yeah
0: that, like that shot from Tony Ferguson was definitely the biggest immediately impactful punch in the in the fight you know in the round but Gaethje landed 15 immediately impactful punches as well and I think it's not it's not I'm not saying accumulation won him the round but like the amount of you know, not just accumulation of shots, but the amount of power and immediately impactful shots. Very
1: impactful shots. I think they like a few of them did rock Tony, but he just kind of plays it off with his, his craziness.
0: <clears throat> the third round again, Tony got absolutely battered for the whole round. The fourth round was a little bit closer uh, until gachi landed a huge right hand after three minutes and Tony was almost done. And in the fifth round, I just have one more written destroyed like it remind me the end of it reminded me of uh, Robbie Lawler versus Roy McDonald. the well, one where yeah, he yeah. just smashed even the way, his nose even
1: the way he kind of reacted to being hit it wasn't like oh I'm knocked out it was just going kind of like oh my god my my, my head
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just he just broke his face like I, all I could remember in, the, in that fifth round when his face was just covered in blood was those pictures of all the people that Tony Ferguson had fought and had covered in blood like Justin Gaethje did to Tony Ferguson what Tony Ferguson does to other people and it was it was majestic, like it was it was absolutely brilliant. Like uh, Justin Gaethje may by some people have been given this moniker of just this warmonger. And I gave him that moniker of a warmonger as well, but like and he was that until three fights ago. And then he adjusted his game. He said to himself, Trevor Whitman for me is the best coach in MMA. I think he is a genius. He's absolutely fucking brilliant and he has transformed him into arguably the best lightweight in the world. Like he, he's up there with Habib, up there with McGregor, like he is like that that fucking Habib versus Gaethje fight,
1: I am fucking but, uh, before we move on to that, the the on, Gaethje, the pace he put on, like, you know, oh no, it wasn't like completely short notice, but like it wasn't a full camp, it wasn't yeah. ideal settings, and he and he went like, you know, he didn't go hell for letter like like we has in the past, but for for any normal fighter that power isn't shots, just Gaethje, yeah. you know, he went hell for letter and he landed a lot of power shots and even you know, Whitman told him in between in between rounds here, like take ten percent off those yeah. shots, you don't need to knock his head off. Yeah, um, but even when he was doing that, trying to knock his head off, and Tony was able to take the shots, and that can be demoralizing um, yeah. to, a, to a lot of fighters. But Justin Gaethje just said, I'll just, "I'll just keep doing. I'll just keep doing this, and eventually he'll wilt or I'll, I'll win a decision." And um, it was really a, it was really a completely like bar that uppercut It was just complete domination.
0: Yeah, it, yeah, it really was, and that's that's a par- big part of it as well, isn't it? It's not just like. The mental strength to keep going through it—I don't think anyone could question that with Justin Gaethje. He has that, but it's the intelligence as well to not only like adjust your um, your game planning and stick to it, but it's to listen to your coaches in between rounds and do things like that as well. He just like he, all around, he has. And like Tony Ferguson's a good fighter as well. I don't. Oh, okay, he's like he's a limited fighter and. Uh, um, that that's a weird thing to say about someone who's won like twelve fights in a row. But like I think you know anyone who watches watches it realizes when you get to the very top, it's he's gonna get you know exposed for. It just takes way too many shots when you're hitting a, when you're fighting a power striker like Justin Gaethje. You can only stand up to so many shots. Or if you're fighting someone like McGregor or something like that, or if you're coming forward against Habib, you're just gonna get taken. I like I think most people know yeah. know that you know should, know so oh, yeah. that.
1: I should probably say, like, you know, like, Tony is an extremely talented, good fighter, but yeah. just the way, kind of, went, when other people are calling him the best and saying he's going to beat Habib and he's going to beat all these people, um, and, and you know, you kind of got to, Crazy.
0: You kind of, like,
1: yeah. yeah, it's, it's it's not everybody can be can be the best, like, Tony Ferguson's a very, very good fighter, but at the top of that division is just a murderous row of, of talent, like, that division is, has is and has been for for years the most stacked in, in the UFC. Yeah,
0: a hundred percent. Uh So what about? Uh, and we have another thing to get to. What about? um What about Justin Gaethje versus Habib? That's that's a fucking good fight, right, isn't he it? Definitely
1: causes a lot of problems for Habib. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, everybody always talks about Gaethje's wrestling, and we know he has good wrestling, but we no, we never really see it. But mm-hmm. um he, you know, Tony couldn't get anything going. He, you know, he couldn't get anything going. Take down wise against Gaethje and. Um, you know, could be Habib is obviously a completely different beast on on uh, with takedowns and on the ground and Tony, but on the feet, you know, Gate, he's definitely he's definitely going to cause a lot of problems for Habib. Uh, obviously, Habib striking is a bit unorthodox and maybe a bit better than we gave it credit for in the, in the past, but. Like Gaethje, know, Gaethje knows, knows that that Habib's not just a not just a grappler. Like everybody knows that now. Mm-hmm. Um, so he'll be prepared for that. And he, uh, like you know, the way Ali Quinta caused problems for Habib, I can see Gaethje causing a lot more problems. And it, it like, it's, a, it's a bad style matchup for Habib. It's it like is. you know, Justin and Connor are kind of the only two I think who can who can beat Habib yeah. at the moment
0: yeah I'd probably put it up with that as well unless someone someone else emerges but yeah I, I'd agree with that and I think obviously he he beat Connor pretty comprehensively in that fight and we can talk about the circumstances around it or whatever but Justin Gaethje has to be the number like it, it's funny you said Justin is a bad matchup for Habib he is like how many people could you actually say that for with Habib very very few and Habib yeah. is a bad Habib matchup for everyone matchup <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah so it's it's a fucking fun fight and with Habib like uh, okay if Habib fights McGregor or if Habib fights Gaethje we're gonna like there's always McGregor could knock you out in 10 seconds you know there's always that with him or Gaethje could stop the takedown and beat him up in the feet there's no one else I don't think in that division like Tony Ferguson everyone was looking forward to that fight I think we both kind of said you know Habib's going to destroy him um and I don't I think for Habib that's huge as well like after that say let's say he beats Justin Gaethje if he doesn't fight McGregor again, or, you know, McGregor will have to be the next one for him to have something, I think, else in that lightweight division. I know there's some very good fighters there, but you know, I was looking last night, Dan Hooker is number five after uh, he's already beaten Paria, but in the rankings, Dan Hooker is the next one there. Like, Dan Hooker versus Habib is just not a fight, you know, or you're getting to the likes of Paul Felder and stuff, then it's just just getting destroyed so i, I think habib will be going to a welterweight maybe after that but um and that's the geishi versus habib to me is one of the best fights you can put on the oc right now and uh, i hopefully hopefully that'll happen it'll be a uh, it'll be very good what, what do you think connor does uh any uh any inside information or anything there no,
1: well, it's just so hard to know it has got like the, it's already hard to know what the UFC are going to do before <laughs> all this and now with not know what's going on bane and talking about fight item like like it's a real thing yeah <laughs> The fact of getting in and out of, of America, uh, it's just, it's impossible to know what's going to happen, like, um, it's always hard to know what's going to happen, but it's, it's even harder now.
0: Yeah, I think Ariel kind of reported that McGregor was going to use this as, um, as a gauge <clears throat> to see how safe it could be done and see if he'll uh, fight. Uh, I don't know how he look at it but if I was look at, I'd be like mm, let me look at it, the next event and see that as a fucking gauge for how it's done because this one didn't go well but
1: if that's true he has three events in a week to, to, yeah. <laughs> to make it a, a decision
0: I think those two events are, are lost causes already but I will yeah I don't know we'll we'll see how it goes and anyway. uh, like who does he fight now uh, if it's a couple of months down the line and stuff Tony Ferguson Tony Ferguson versus McGregor doesn't make a bit of sense
1: Mm, yeah, like, if Conor wins, then you have the Habib, and then if, if Tony wins, you have, you have Habib again, Tony I suppose. Tony versus Habib, yeah. So yeah,
0: makes a lot of sense, yeah. I, I still think well, McGregor needs versus to, Pettis...
1: Needs to, needs to, Tony needs to sit out for a while, I think, yeah, after that.
0: He does, yeah. McGregor vs Pettis, I think, is a good fight as well. You know, former champion, he just beat Cerrone last night, knocked out Wonderboy as well. I know McGregor likes fighting at 170, so maybe that's a fight you could do there, but... Yeah, I, I think that fight makes a makes a lot of sense with McGregor kind of coming back and getting back to his best. Like you
1: know, if if Gaethje's you know coming out clean, if he hasn't got his teeth knocked out or hasn't got any problems or whatever, then you know he would probably be up for fighting <coughs> McGregor any time, any place. You know, what That's I mean? very true. If it beats June yeah. Ramadan
0: yeah I think that's almost over now I think Khabib will be back in time but you never know with fucking injuries and everything like that so yeah it could, uh, could happen We um, before we look ahead to these next two cards and we look ahead to them more maybe in another podcast during the week but uh, we never mentioned um, Henry Cejula's retirement is it, a, is it a hashtag in my retirement or do you think there's any truth it to it yeah. no, he's
1: of he's trying to get a better contract he's been giving out about his contract for for a while now yeah um, I'd uh, be very very surprised if he just walked away like yeah he'd be shocked
0: yeah me too uh, I'll, like although he like, did you know everybody
1: has their price maybe maybe Dana and the UFC and the UFC brass or whatever won't offer him anywhere near what what he wants but I, it's not a retirement and unless he you know if he if he gets somewhere near what he wants he'll, he'll be back maybe the UFC will do a similar thing that like they did with Demetrius Johnson and say oh, whatever go away.
0: Yeah yeah maybe yeah. I don't think so. Yeah he he'll, he'll definitely be back. He'll definitely be fighting again and uh you know although he did retire from wrestling at 21 and he never went back to that so maybe he will go and do yeah, WWE. But there's, or no,
1: there's no money there's no money in that. And yeah. If he went to WWE like he's a small guy he's he's not the best on the mic but I suppose they can make him a heel just have him be a Kurt Angle basically.
0: Yeah. Yeah he probably won't he'd be back. He'd be back he'll be, back. It'll be all good. Uh right so the cards next week we are just touching on them quickly and we might break them down in another podcast during the week possibly if we, if we get to it uh, Anthony Smith versus Glover Teixeira on Wednesday in the main event Ben Rotwell versus O'Van St. Brew out heavyweight that's a bit mad Alexander Hernandez Drew Dober, Ricky Simon Ray Barge Carl Robertson Marvin Dettori, uh and in a few other fights under that as well Sarah Marais versus Jarry Eubanks and other ones anything on that card stick out to you Graham that you're uh, you're mad to see <laughs>
1: uh that I'm bad to see. Um no. I uh, Anthony Smith versus Glover Texera should be an interesting fight, but uh yeah, there's a couple of like a couple of interesting fights, but nothing nothing great.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh and then in the card next week it's Walt Harris versus Alistair Overeem Uh like heavyweight's a weird situation because you know Stipe basically said he's not fighting for the next while, so I don't know where that's gonna put anyone. Uh, Angela Hill versus Claudia Gadelia, Dan Igg Edson Barbosa making his featherweight debut. Uh, Eric Anders, Christoph Jotko, Song Yadong back again. Uh, it'll be uh, It's good to see Yadong getting a bit of action during, uh, during lockdown. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my boy Darren Elkins on the card as well. Kevin Holland, Giga uh, Kiadze. So yeah, there's some fights. How do you happen.
1: see the Barbosa, uh, Dan Inge, or are you uh, I I
0: don't know. How does that... I he don't beat, even He right.
1: beat your boy, Bek- Bektic, last fight, didn't
0: he? Did he? Fair play to him. <laughs> Bektic, is, Bektic is done. Like, Bektic, he's, he's too, dead, many, he he? too many injuries, too much... Too many problems. Too many problems. Come here, let's answer one or two questions before we go. Uh, this is one for you, because I'm, I'm glad I didn't get this for the, for the Q&A, because I wouldn't know the answer to this. What is your opinion on the... league From Christopher Graham, what's your opinion on the legality of cannabis and recreational drugs in general? Graham, as a specialist... <laughs>
1: Well, like you know, I think I think it, it makes perfect sense the way the American the American states are doing it. Where if if people are just going to smoke it anyway, so people are going to do it anyway, so you might as well make the money off it and not have it on the black market. People making money off it, and uh, might as well go to taxes and all that stuff like that. And uh, you might as well make sure it's safe for people and profit off it. So yeah, I think I think it's it's a bit ridiculous that it's not uh, illegal especially with all the, the 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 amazing properties of hemp like for clothes and building materials and, and all that stuff it's it's and paper as well all that stuff uh it's 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 very strange that it's still uh, illegal
0: yeah um yeah I, I don't know uh what's next for Cruz? would you like to see Cruz versus Frank edgar maybe i like that fight um, makes, makes yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I'd like to see Cruz pretty much against anybody, uh, just to see where like, like to see where he's at. Like we gonna it's it's very hard to know where he's at. Um, obviously he 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 goes on about cage rush not not existing, and he'll say, oh, I was I was fine in that fight. Just got dropped, got back up, no problem. But you know, Frankie Eggers you know he's he's not going to be anywhere near as fast as, as Henry Cejudo so Dominic Cruz will probably have a speed advantage there and be able to be able to dance around Frankie Edgar probably and and win a decision
0: yeah, maybe yeah, it'd be close. As you said, it's it's on. If he's if
1: he's like you know if he's where we if he's anywhere near where he was before, mm-hmm. it's hard to know.
0: Um, Brian Lynch, I believe his name is over on Twitter, asked about the Tony weight cut, and do you think it had any effect on him uh, coming into this fight, the, the, the one like two mm. weeks ago? I don't. Think yeah, it well, made I think much it's it definitely
1: different. not helping in any way, and <laughs> it's definitely is ill-advisable and was was silly, but. Uh, I think he just got completely outclassed in, in mixed martial arts <laughs> yeah, more than anything.
0: It's not like he didn't have the durability or the endurance. He kept going until the very end, but uh, yeah, he just got destroyed by a superior fighter. Uh, last question here from our boy, Mr. Podge Who'd win these fights in their prime? Woodley versus Hughes? Well, Woodley, Woodley. Yeah.
1: Tanner
0: versus Trigg.
1: Oof, Trigg.
0: I, I got Tanner with that one Is way bigger GSP versus Rutan oh what uh, GSP yeah I say GSP as well even though there's a big difference there and Newton versus Lawler definitely
1: Lawler 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 yeah, Lawler,
0: Lawler right that's it um, anything else to say Graham before we go any any I thought you were going to throw disparaging remarks at me What's there your,
1: what, where's, your, where's your rating for the, the main event
0: oh yeah I actually have not written down oh yeah so what would you give hold on we go Cruz versus uh, Cejudo for us what rating would you give that Uh, 6 rookie score I gave it a 5.6 I thought it was I thought it was a a, okay fight but uh, it ended maybe a little bit prematurely and it was a bit one sided Um, what would you give for the main event Mm -hmm. 8.2 that's a that's a wildly high score like I thought it was
1: I really enjoyed it. it it was really like even though Gaethje was destroying him it was it was on edge for for a lot of it. It was like uh, it was tense, and it was you know, obviously uh, <laughs> there was a lot of huge shots, and there was uh, there was the upset, and there was there was. I thought I thought it was a really good fight. No,
0: yeah, I thought it was really good as well. And if it had been more competitive, I probably would have been talking about in the high eights or maybe in the nines. Um, but there was that
1: moment of the uppercut as well. Though. One you moment, see? though. Yeah, one but still, well, I, I that added to the drama. Like it was all going Gagey's way, and then that one moment happened, and then you, then you have to keep that in your head that though, that could happen again.
0: Yeah, I agree. Like that, those sort of moments did higher my score. It probably would have been a little bit lower because it was so one sided. But I, I'm giving it a six point nine. I, I I think that's I think that's an Ooh. accurate score to be honest. I, I it was a good fight, but it was completely and utterly one sided. Like, would you say that fight was competitive? I, like, I wouldn't. I don't think that fight was any bit competitive at all. I, just, Justin you just destroyed him from pillar to post apart from one second at the end of the round the second round yeah well
1: uh, yeah well Tony did land like a, a bit like you know it wasn't yeah. it wasn't that but I, I like yeah it was it wasn't too competitive, but I I enjoyed it just because of the. I enjoyed it too, yeah. Yeah, I, I thought the the stakes were high, obviously, and the the, the, the the it was really tense, and just the way Tony was able to keep taking these punches and keep coming forward. And with, with Tony, he's so crazy; you never know what he's going to do. There was always that element, and there was the element of he's already dropped him, mm-hmm. um, and obviously, uh. Do you think oh, If this starts going The 4th and the 5th Will will Justin slow down there was, there was a lot of things Going on uh, A lot of things to think about As the fight was going on Which made it Very entertaining for me
0: Were you like Dying for sports Were you like Oh I can't wait to see this And enjoy the fights A lot more than you Maybe normally would
1: Um No I don't, I don't like leader, No yeah. it kind of crept up on me Like uh, more than anything And yeah
0: yeah, I, I like, I think because we've been doing the podcast, like, you know, it, anyway was, it was
1: really good to have it back and all that. But I wasn't yeah. like you know, like way overexcited or anything. Yeah,
0: I like, I think we've just been doing so much shit and doing the zooms and stuff as well. We've kind of been keeping on with MMA. It's not like like for me, I haven't had a break from MMA so. I wasn't, like, I, I'm missing soccer, I'm missing uh, hurling and stuff like that. Yeah. For me, I probably
1: did a little bit more stuff <laughs> with the podcast yeah. and stuff with the Zoom.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly, and I did more stuff as well, but that Zoom was fucking crazy, and unfortunately, well, it's it's <clears throat> retired for uh for the time being, anyway, so unless the people want it back. <laughs> it's, it's MMA retired. It's, for MMA, it's MMA retired, unless the people shout out and want it back, fucking Zoom is, like, expensive enough to buy as well, so <laughs> sign up on patreon we might bring it back but it's like that zoom it's fucking crazy like because you know three people pulled out ...of the Zoom as we were doing, oh, well, no, two people pulled out as we were doing, and one pulled out, like, an hour before, and I'm like, oh, God, <laughs> what are we gonna do now, but then, uh, who else, Brian Moore, Brian Moore stayed for, like, the full two hours, he was a fucking legend, he answered some good questions, Andy Ryan came in, he was absolutely brilliant, I thought he he told some good stories, and he talked about Irish MA and stuff like that, uh, Will Flory was there, uh, as well, Cal Elner was, was there, and it was pretty funny, um, there was loads of people there, and uh, of course uh, Darren Till came in and he was uh, talking to us. And a few lads asked him questions there, and so he was in the darkness.
1: Reece was there
0: again, wasn't he? was there, yeah. yeah Ian Gary. Gary, yeah. Ian Gary was asking Darren Till questions, <laughs> that was uh, that was kind of cool. And uh, yeah, there was, there was probably. geez, I'm probably forgetting someone else now. Brad Wharton was there. Jim Edwards was there. Um, you know, there was a uh, there was a lot of people there, so yeah, I was uh, it was great fun. And if the people want it back, Graham, you might have to bring it back, but we'll see. It won't be back this week anyway, but maybe in uh, maybe in future right anything else to say graham how are you getting on how's the how's the isolation going for you it...
1: yeah it's okay it's, it's uh i don't know i think it's gonna be going on for a while longer i don't know they seem to be in ireland anyway and they, they try they're trying to kind of relax it a bit and but you see some videos and stuff of it the city center just kind of looks normal or right. <laughs> yeah there's like a lot of people a lot of cars and Indeed. especially on the couple of days where it was sunny i think it was like load of people out like i think even on in america on the, the, i think it was the gaethje part of one of them maybe i'm not sure but they were out like jogging at night beside the beach and there was like loads of people cycling and jogging and walking uh, people are just can't stick it anymore and going outside so uh i haven't been doing that but um yeah i think that could lead to we'll see how it goes that could lead to more more cases we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens and it could end up being back to the Back to a couple of weeks ago.
0: Oh god, yeah. I, I like I think but anyway, good. we've talked about yeah. no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They should let people drive. Just let people go for drives. I think that'd be a that'd be a good thing. If you can't get out of your car, you can go like ten miles and come back home again. I think that'd be good, but anyway. Yeah. Right. That's it. Thanks everybody for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast today and you want to support me and Graham, sign up on Patreon. Uh Patreon.com forward slash severe podcasts for the price of a pint a month. Um you can uh, you can enjoy all the musings of Shawnee Podcasts and other people as well. Right. God bless you all. Thanks very much for listening and all that's left to do is give the inspirational quote of the week. To climb steep hills requires slow pace at first. We'll see you next Tuesday. Or Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, any day.